So the name of my talk today is The Prodigal Son, A Story of Forgiveness and Prosperity. And Kenneth's just saying about the prodigal son. And there was another son too. The prodigal son is the younger of the two sons and he went to his father and asked for his share of the, of the estate. And the father of course gave it to him. But there was an older son who stayed back, who stayed with the father and worked the farm and did everything that he was supposed to do. And as the song went, when the younger son ran out of money, he went back home and, and the father embraced him and had a party and killed the pig and had a, you know, all these people come over and celebrated that his son was back because in his eyes, the father's eyes, his son was dead and now he was brought back to life again. His son was gone and now he was home. But the older brother felt like, wow, I've been here all this time and you never killed a fat pig for me. You never had a party for me. Which I can relate to, you know, one being one of seven. You know, there's always that comparative thing going on. But the truth is, this story, the traditional symbolism of this story is, it's a message of forgiveness. It's a story or a parable of forgiveness. And it's about how God, um, no matter how far we go, no matter how far we go away from God, God always welcomes us back and he rejoices or she rejoices, or the God consciousness rejoices when we get back to that thinking and remembering of who we are. It was interesting because when I started out, I said, okay, what does the word prodigal mean? First of all, I was spelling it wrong. I was, it was C-A-L in my mind. And of course, because it was the son, and I'm one, six girls and one boy in our family, and the boy was, of course, the king. And I thought prodigal meant you know, the favored one. And it doesn't. It actually means one who spends money and resources freely and recklessly and wastefully and is extravagant. And I was like, wow, that's not my brother at all. But it was interesting to, for me to have that awareness of what I put onto the story without even doing the research, without even knowing. What was also interesting is that this story isn't just about the son, right? The story is about the father and the other son. And in the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament, it seems as though the story is about separation and independent beings, but how could that be if in truth we're all one? If we're all one, the story, each one of these people in the Bible, each person is significant of a consciousness that we all have. I wanna read something from. This is um, Luke 15, 11, 32 is the actual story. And in the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament says, the father within the story is the same as me. There is no difference between us. You are the one who seems to be the lost son. However, you cannot be the lost son in truth since you and I are one. The journey that this son seems to have taken is a journey in the mind only. In other words, you have traveled away from me in the perception of yourself, but this journey has occurred in perception only. We are not separate in any way. Now you are becoming ready to wake up from this imagined journey that you have taken. I have come to meet you and help you return to the truth of yourself. Here are some thoughts I ask you to practice giving acceptance to. The Spirit of God is one. Nothing exists that is outside of the Spirit of God. I exist, and so I must be within the Spirit of God. That 
which is within the Spirit of God, is the Spirit of God. I and the Spirit of God are one. All else is illusion. It doesn't get much clearer than that. And how many times have we let our mind be separate from God? It happens all the time. How often are we willing to see the truth and to be remembered of who we are? And it's also the first two principles of unity. The first principle is there is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life, God the good. And, it, and the second one is our essence is of God. So the other son in the story, the, the son who is angry, represents our resistance, represents our resistance to love. The father represents God. The father represents love. The father represents all-encompassing. One son, the son that went off, the younger son, the prodigal son, represents love, love without wisdom, you know, zeal, passion, excitement, fun. But he's forgotten about the, all the other ten or so powers that he has within him. And then the son that was left behind is all about resistance and judgment and will. So how do we get from forgiveness to prosperity? How is this all about forgiveness? What does the forgiveness piece bring? Well, forgiveness brings peace, right? Forgiveness brings that paradise that we can find within us at any time. The peace that surpasses all understanding that is within us all the time, but we forget. We allow our thoughts to take us away from that peace. And what is prosperity? Edwin Gaines says, prosperity is vitally alive, healthy body. For this God being, we are here to be and to express through. Prosperity is also relationships that are joyous, satisfying, honest, and intimate, nurturing, and work all the time. Prosperity is work that we love so much that it is not work at all. And it is all the money that we can spend. So what forgiveness does is it allows us to raise our vibration, to allow in all of that prosperity. Because if when we're in unforgiveness, we have blocks, right? We have blocks and we cannot feel that joy. We cannot feel. So whatever your story, whatever the story is that you're telling yourself or you're telling other people, we have to remember that that story is going on within us. It's never really about the other person. So for example, if I, um, well, I'll get back to that. If I'm seeing victimhood in somebody else, or if I'm seeing them as the victim, where in my life am I seeing myself as the victim? It can't, I can't see it in somebody else unless it's in my life. If I'm feeling betrayed, where am I betraying myself? If I'm feeling disempowered, where am I disempowering myself? And that's where the forgiveness needs to happen, is within me and for me. So I can go in and say to myself, I forgive myself. Remember um, last week or last time I spoke, we talked about the first thing that Jesus said as he was being crucified. Forgive them for they know not what they do. It's all about us forgiving ourselves. So if you're here today, chances are there's something that you need to forgive in your life. And 
one of the assignments I say is to ask yourself in prayer, what is it I need to forgive? And then start that process, 70 times 7. I forgive myself today. I forg and you might want to put your name in there. So there's two reasons why the forgiveness prayer, remember I was talking about last week, Ho'oponopono, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I forgive you, I love you. There's two reasons why that works. Because we're all one and that vibration is going out towards all of us. And also, if I'm saying it, I cannot not be affected by it. So I want to keep that forgiveness process happening so that I can increase my prosperity, so that I can have the relationships I want to have, so that I can have the work that I love, so that I can have the health that I want. Also, the other thing that Edwin Gaines talks about and Charles Filmer talks about is any kind of financial debt that we have is all about unforgiveness. And when we can forgive ourselves, that financial debt will go away. Now, we're not talking about, Charles Fillmore is very clear about the difference between debt and a wise use of credit. A wise use of credit is like a mortgage or a student loan versus credit card debt. When it feels like a financial burden, then it's debt. So Eric Butterworth in The Flow of Life says, when you think abundance, we're not creating abundance. We're allowing ourselves to vibrate at the same vibration that the abundance that's already here, and we allow it into our life. We accept it. We're giving our consent to the natural flow of abundance. So this is what the presence of God really is. The life of God is the presence in us, and it's just a flow that does not stop. So I have a question. If we have thoughts of unforgiveness, do we think this flow can flow naturally through us? Probably not, right? How can we have a natural flow of abundance if we haven't forgiven something or somebody in us? True prosperity consciousness is consistently open to the flow, attract opportunities to both give and receive. Remember, that's a law giving and receiving. Because if we can't receive, we've stopped the flow of giving. We've stopped somebody from giving to us. If we're always giving, 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 right, we, and we don't let people give back to us, we've stopped the flow. So we have to keep it open, keep it going both ways. It's the law of compensation. The other thing is, if you're ever worried about money, this was one of the things that became so apparent to me when I took the prosperity class with, um, Prosperity Plus with Mary, the Mary Morrissey class was how I shifted my perception about money because it helped me to see how I was worried about money. Money was running me rather than me running my money. And I finally became understanding of God is my source and supply. I used to think my clients were my source and supply. I used to think I was going out and getting them and I was in charge of it. When I let all of that go, it was so powerful to me because there was no energy behind the wanting. It was just an acceptance and a knowing that this is mine. And if it's really mine, no one can take it from me. God's going to show me the way to the right clients, to the clients that need me and that want me and that are going to pay me for what it is that I need. Seek the kingdom first. Seek, but seek ye first the kingdom and all things shall be added to you. So as I went in within and was seeking that spirit, that God within me, everything else came to me after that. 
I've had my own business since 1993. And I love paying my bills at the end of the month because I felt very successful. I was able to make enough money and pay my bills. But it was all a very intellectual process until I started coming here, until I started handing it over to God. And now, I can't say that money isn't a worry. Sometimes I get worried about it, but it doesn't hang over me like it used to. Catherine Ponder, she has uh, amazing insights about prosperity, and she says, you have to give to get. You can expect the very best in life, but you must give full measure for the good you wish to receive in advance. If you don't have something that you desire, use the vacuum law of prosperity. Create room by cleaning things out, throw out old things, and make room for what you desire. So I don't know, I remember Jen saying that that was one of the things that she got out of the class. She started cleaning stuff out, and more was able to come in for her. Moses says, Thou shalt remember Jehovah thy God, for it is he that giveth the power to get wealth. It's really about all the source that is. David talks about substance. We talk about the substance that is. And as we allow ourselves to vibrate with that substance, more of it comes to us. But we can only be there through forgiveness. So many of you know that we just came back from Hawaii. And I spent a lot of time planning this trip, planning the flights and planning the excursions. And, and one of the things that was in the back of my head a lot of the time was worried about, what if one of us gets sick and we can't go? And so much so that I knew enough, get some travel insurance. Just spend the money on it. And I said it to my husband. He's like, really? You want to get travel insurance? I said, I know. I've never done that before. But we're spending a lot of money on this trip. I want to get travel insurance. OK, get the travel insurance. So that was all fine. And then right before we left, Gabe had just um, become a part-time employee at Yale. And sometimes when things like that happen, it takes a while for those big companies to process the paperwork. So our insurance ended January 1st, and we still hadn't gotten paperwork that we were medically insured through Yale. And the days are going by, and every day I'm like harping on him. You better call Yale. We need to get our cards. We need to get our cards. I think like two days before we left, they finally emailed us little cards that I fakely laminated by putting tape on both sides, right? I'm like, okay. We're, we're well, actually, two days before we left, he also came home with a cold. I'm like, okay, we could travel with a cold. That's okay. I was so, what's the word? We get on the plane, I had these wipes, I'm wiping down the plane, I have a mask on, you know, every, every flight, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to get sick, I'm not going to get sick. Well, a week into the trip, we arrive at Maui. This was Friday a week ago. I start feeling not great. I'm like, oh no. So now I start taking all my cold medicine and everything. And the next day, we're on a trip where we get in a van. We have to get up at 2.15. We have to meet everyone at 2.15 in the morning. We get on a van. We travel to the top of a crater to watch a sunrise in the freezing cold, freezing cold, and then we get out, we're supposed to get on bicycles and ride down the mountain. <laughs> on the way up, on the way up, my ears pop. And they don't unpop. And I'm freezing. 
and I bought all kinds of jackets, which I forgot at the hotel. So anyway, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. We get down to the bottom of the, and at, towards the end, we, we stopped to take some pictures and it wasn't cold anymore. Now the sun is out. It's about eight o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. And um, I said, you know what? Gabe and I said, you know what? We could probably get on the bikes now because we're not going to freeze. I, we didn't do the, the top half of the mountain. We just did the bottom half of the mountain. It was a blast. So that was great. The next day, so that's Saturday, Sunday went to church, went to Maui um, Unity, which was fabulous. Monday I wake up and my head does not feel good at all. I'm like, you know what? I better go to the doctor just because we're supposed to leave Tuesday night. We're supposed to get on a plane late Tuesday night to fly to San Diego to see our grandson for two days. Go to the, um, we were going to go to a walk-in clinic and find out that the Hyatt has a doctor right there. I'm like, oh, great. We go to the doctor. She looks at me. She's like, you're not going anywhere. You've got two clogged ears. Like, it's not even on the outside. It's not like it's wax in your ears. She's looking into my eardrum, and she could see water all the way up to the top. And they're all inflamed. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. So she's like, I'm going to give you antibiotics and steroids. And I'm like steroids like I've never taken medicine like this before in my life and I'm and I'm, I'm inhaling uh, essential oils and I'm and I'm taking uh, astragalus and I'm taking biobiotic and I'm taking all this stuff and I'm like this is not happening so I'm convinced I'm going to be able to travel the next day the next day I go to the doctor again he's like no there's it's a little better you know it's not as red but your ears are still clogged you can travel he said but your ears are going to pop you know your eardrum is going to burst and I'm like, this is what I'm thinking to myself. Well, women give birth. I mean, how painful could it be, right? I'm actually considering doing this, right? And I'm like, wait, you can't do this, Teresa. You're a wellness consultant. You cannot put yourself through this, right? Just because you're afraid of you know, money or whatever. So finally, I just said, we changed our flight once. And then the next day I woke up, I, saw, I said, you know what? we got to change it to the day the, the doctor originally said, I can't fly until 6-4. Anyway, it was that day that I, Gabe went to the gym, and I said, I'm just going to meditate. And it was that day that I got quiet, and I said, pray. Just pray. And I sent a prayer request out, and I called Silent Unity, and I found peace. And I found forgiveness. Because up until that point, I was thinking I could do it. I was in that place of my mind of thinking I could overcome this by myself on what I think. And, and I was that son that was in resistance of what was. And I wasn't being loving to myself. And I wasn't accepting what was going on. And it was really humbling for me to be in that place. And not, I mean, I, I said to myself, I can't believe, you know, you're still doing this. You're studying to be a minister, and you're still doing this to yourself. You know, you're not listening. You're not praying. You're not da 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 I'm like, wait. you got to stop doing that. That's the whole point here, forgiveness. And when I was able to come to that place, I was able to see the prosperity that I've attracted into my life. I'm in Hawaii. I get to stay in Hawaii for an extra two days. And I get to go to this place. Now, we went to the other side of the mountain, the other side of the island. And it was this really funky kind of hippie town. Oh my God, it was amazing. It was beautiful. We went to the best restaurant. It was like the, it was like the best of the whole vacation. And I was like, wow. When I finally just let it go 
and said, okay, this is where I am. Just forgive yourself for it. It's okay. Oh, and the other thing that was helpful, I remembered that I had travel insurance. I was like, oh, yeah. And I called them and found out all this was covered. Great. So um, that was really a big relief. So, and then, I, you know, I want to go to that place of, did I create this by having, by doing all of that ahead of time? I'm like, see, now that's, what's that called? Metaphysical malpractice, right? That's metaphysical malpractice. No, I just did everything I was supposed to do, and I happened to be covered, and I'm prosperous because of it. So, for me, what was the blessing, one of the blessings in this whole story was that even though I got sick, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world. Even though I got sick, I was able to enjoy my prosperity. I was able to see the gifts that were right there in front of me, the gifts that I created in my life. This trip was the best trip I think I've ever been on in my life. My husband and I had a great time, and I, I got back here. I was really, it was so funny because I really wanted to, I, wa I was supposed to work yesterday, and I really wanted to work yesterday, but... There's an, a different organic feeling when you know you're doing the right thing. And there was something, even though I didn't, when I made the reservation to come home uh, Friday night, I wasn't feeling 100%, but I, there was a knowing in me that my ears were not going to pop. A knowing in me that I waited long enough, I did everything I was supposed to do, and I, I was going to be okay. So for me, it was about going back to that place, that stillness within me, and remembering that I'm one with God, and that in that forgiveness of myself that I can have, as God is for me, nothing is against me. I can have it all. And I was so grateful that I had that memory. Thank you.